Hello everyone and welcome back to the BMW Blog Podcast. This is episode 60 and uh, today Horatio is joining me and we're going to talk about some of the cool new things that's been going on with BMW and uh, he's got some interesting uh, info on some of the CES tech and I did some test drives so we're going to talk about that and uh, th- hey man, thanks for joining me today. Hey Nico, good to see you. Happy yeah, New you Year. Too. Yeah, you too. Happy New Year. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of topics since the last time we spoke so we'll, we'll try to pick just a few of them for today and save the rest of us for next week. Yeah. Sure. It's, uh, so um, maybe let's recap what we're going to talk about. So maybe we, we're going to start with the BMW XM. That's one launch that I went yes. to a couple of times, actually. And we can talk about CES and some of the cool things there, like the um, BMW theater screen, the uh, BMW iX Flow, which is the change in color technology. Uh, we can also talk about how potentially the new 7 Series was there as well. All right. And then um, you're going to share with us maybe the, your thoughts on the uh, M240i, your has dropped the car recently yep. and maybe we end with uh, what we think it's the best BMW engine you know yeah ever made or maybe the last few decades uh, I mean, or something I, like I that I would go as far as to say ever made but we'll get into I guess we can yeah. get into that um, alright sounds good so that. let me kick it up then with the, with the XM so um, it might be old news by now to some people but um, basically I first saw the car in LA uh, sometimes in November it was under the embargo until uh, December uh, when the car went to Miami uh, or Basel, and I had a chance to see the car there uh, the second time around. But um, really, the XM adventure really kicked off in LA, um, and I was fortunate enough to uh, grab some interviews with uh, Frank Bermil, the old and new BMW MCO, who just came back to the brand. So we did a one-on-one interview on the car. Then I also had a chance to chat with um, Mark Zuring, he's the head of M Design. So he was somewhat in charge of uh, of that car. Um, let me start with this. I mean, it's a very polarizing yes, car. It is. Definitely not everyone's uh, cup of tea. Um, it's got a very specific demographic in mind, from what I heard. So once again, this is not m- me trying to uh, justify their design. I really have no input into that, and um, it's just really uh, relaying information that I was told. Um, hopefully, that's entirely accurate, but. The idea with the car, I guess, and the design is really to shock a little bit. It's uh, meant to be for a specific demographic. It's kind of, you know, looking at the the Lambo, you know, or us and right. all of that. I'm, I'm, you know, I remember when, you know, there were there were uh, spy photos of that car and everybody was kind of worried, you know, you know, a Lambo SUV and all of that and you know, blasphemy and now everybody loves it. I do too. I, I think it's a great looking car. So I think they're chasing a different demographic. Now your typical M hat, you know, enthusiast, you know, that doesn't really want an SUV like that. Um, Styling-wise, we're not designers, right? I mean, we saw Frank Stevenson and some other guys, you know, trying to um, analyze the design. They're definitely more qualified than than we are. Uh, of course, any controversy attracts views on YouTube, so that always helps, you know, when you're right. a, a little bit more negative. He did give a few... Uh, you know, uh, pluses to the car, but uh, again, styling, uh, I'm not sure exactly how I would change if I was a designer, but it, it's definitely bold. It's got a lot of shapes running, you know, back and forth in different directions. He was right about that. It is quite bold at the front. I mean, once you stay in front of the car, it is huge. It really stands out. It's got that massive look at the front. Um, I don't mind as much the split uh, headlights. I think they look cool. I think I would like them on the 7 Series and on the X7 facelift as well. It's definitely different. Um, other than that, I think the, the rear end, it's really um, probably its weakest point right now. And even though some people are saying that based on the spy photos that they, uh, they came out recently, that it, it looks like it's changing just a little bit. Even though Frank Vermeil said, you know, that uh, it's about, you know, 80, 90% there. So not many changes, but it looks like they've they've done a little bit of, uh, you know, adjustment right. on the rear end. It actually was probably done before. I mean, it's not like they... They look at the concept and say, "Now we have a month to change right, this." Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so it's done. And the, the car concept, is done. yeah, exactly. And the concept it's always meant to shock a little bit, right? It's always a little bit more. Um, uh, they, they emphasize a lot more the the design with the with the concept, and that's kind of the idea. So I would say the rear end it's a little funky looking. Um, uh, then again, I don't know uh, how else could have done it better, so I'm going to refrain from trying to comment on that. Um, if you're if you're that type of customer that wants a car that stands out and you want to pay that much money, then I guess the car will be for you. If you uh, if you go to Miami and you see the car, they you know they're there every day, you know, and all of that, then you kind of get the idea on why somebody will buy that car, you know, to stand out, to be a little bit different. 
there will be a lot of customization for it, a lot of you know premium and luxury things in it and outside. So um, that's kind of what the customer is for the car. Of course, for the enthusiasts, it's a blasphemy, you know, and e- even more than any other X, you know, or M SUV or whatever, X5, M, X6M, now they seem to be accepted, you know, widely yeah. compared to the first time yeah. they came out. I mean, but, uh, I, I definitely, I, I don't know if it, it deserves, like people are going to say it's blasphemy, but I don't think that it deserves that only because it can't be blasphemous because there's never really been another purely m styled car ever i mean even if the m1 wasn't designed by the m division like that was the Gijaro design so uh this is the first car ever to be designed by m so they can't really be blasphemous uh, they have no basis to so i don't to know blaspheme. if that's true we, we, we talked about it right we talked about it right it, it's not like it's not designed by m i mean it's a it's a design team there and they all report to the head of design for bmw well, of course right but it was it's and it's an m division only product, right? Like it isn't based on. It is not M division only. It isn't based on any, it's based yeah, on any it's previous based. BMW. So its yeah. design has no basis to blaspheme. Like there's no um, yeah, previous yeah. car that was ever like that. Like the the, the yeah. original M1 was an out of house design. BMW had nothing mm-hmm. to do with the, the exterior design of that yeah. car. So that's kind of yeah. Just wanted to make sure that we we explain that a little right, bit better, right. you know, because they do design cars all the time. Like you know, any car that's based on a production series, they take it and they modify it to be an M car. Right. Of course, it's not from ground up, but um, they still they still do a lot of work. Of course, of course, yeah. They just they they had nothing to to start mm-hmm. with. They didn't yeah. start with like a three series and then work up from there. Exactly, exactly. Right. So yeah, it, it, it's a bespoke uh, bespoke platform. Uh, Frank mentioned that, and I think what I liked the most about the car was really the interior. I feel like the interior it's really a step up from everything that we've seen so far. I mean, it's got some really, really cool elements in there. I don't know how many will end up in the production version, but I definitely love the, the vintage leather kind of look. I definitely the love the leather. woven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the carbon fiber woven that was on the dashboard. It's kind of really cool to touch, especially leather. Hopefully that stays. I did like the, you know, the slanted, you know, um, vents, you know, uh, which reminds you of the M. And I also like the fact that they retain a lot of the physical buttons there, so it's not all digital like on the iX. Right. Um, so that would please a lot of people. The steering wheel shape, it's really cool, actually. I had a chance to kind of like you know, move it around a little bit, and, uh, and it just feels great. Uh, of course, the back seat, it's kind of the, the main thing in that car. They made it look like a, like a you know, huge bench that you would just chill there, like a lounge. Um, it's got some really nice sculpted seats. I don't know how practical they are, you know, for long distance. That's and we'll see what ends up in production. It's just a concept. Uh, of course, the the interior panel, the the top panel, uh, it's got these sculpted shapes. Um, they feel like they're kind of like diamond look yeah, like uh, shape, you know, glass. But they also change color based, so you can change the color of those, you know, like you wouldn't do it with the interior right. ambient light. You gotta make production. So, uh, I'm not sure actually. I, that's one question that I forgot to ask, but I'm planning on finding out. I hope so because that's cool. That's really cool. I don't know how that plays out with the whole protection thing, maybe because if you bump your head, you know, yeah. it's not flat. So I don't know if that's okay with uh, with any crashing tests or not. I, but I'm definitely planning on asking yeah, that question. That'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. I don't know if the whole exactly. like rear being different than the front is going to make production. You know what I mean? Like the the back seat look a lot different than the front seat. Like, they might because they say that you know it's kind of like a rock star kind of thing. You know, like you know you have the front it's different to drive, and then the back is kind of like you know to chill and relax. Right. So I think they they uh, they've talked about that quite a bit for them not to see that in production. So I think it will. It will change probably a little bit. Like the materials, it was kind of like velvet-like you know, type of material that will change. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's cool, but I don't think it's sustainable long-term. It's probably going to get damaged quickly. Yeah. So things like that might change. But I think the overall thing will definitely stay there. So overall, honestly, I don't have an opinion on the car. I mean, as much as I would love to say that I love it or hate it, I, it's... I mean, different to it because it's not. I'm not a customer base maybe for that car, right. but I can see why they did it. I guess some of the European, you know, followers, readers, they have an issue with a, a car that's 750 horsepower when everyone in Europe now it's stuck in electrification and you know being green and all of that. So they find this to be obnoxious, well, it is you know, heavy. It's a hybrid, right? 
Yeah, it is a hybrid, but it's going like 30 miles range yeah, of the EPA or something. It's not about the like range, that. it's about the fact that the engine yeah. isn't going to be working as hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's it's, it's a know, big V8, sure. but it's combined with an yeah. electric motor to create that yeah. 750 horsepower. Yeah. You know, they're not just you know, yeah. putting a ridiculous I mean, it's a big engine, but it's yeah. not any bigger than any other BMW. They just engine. feel like it's not it's not a it's not the future really. So, I mean, Granted, you know, the project started when Frank was there. It's his project still, from what I heard. So he was there, what, I don't know, four or five years ago. So basically, you know, they've been working on this for quite some time. So that's why it ended up being a V8 hybrid. But um, I guess that was their biggest complaint that I've seen from European customers. And, of course, Europeans are not fans of large American trucks, including the X7 and all of that. So they're never going to warm up to this. I think the Americans will buy it, probably, you know, uh, the Middle East market. (laughs) Yeah, Middle East market, I think, you know, Russia and all these markets, China, for sure. So I don't think it's going to be a huge volume seller. So that's why I'm not really worked up, you know, about the car. Yeah, I mean, for sure it's not going to be a volume seller. I mean, it's going to be super expensive too, right? Like 150 grand? I don't even know what it was. It's going to be like the most expensive production BMW ever, right? Yeah, oh well, no, it's going to be way more than 150. I think it's going to get close to oh, 200. Oh, is it really? To, I, f- I don't remember what we... I don't think it's going to hit, but it's going to be there. And that's a so. lot for a BMW. You yeah. know, like it, it's yeah, going it to... Yeah. I, I think that the the only thing that's going to matter when it actually goes on sale mm-hmm. is how it drives because, I mean... I mean, it'll, you know it'll be a It's, it's going to be beast, crazy right? fast, I mean, but I think it's going yeah. to need to also be like incredibly impressive on track and stuff only because... Um, I mean, just me personally, I don't like the way it looks yeah. at all. I think it's awful yeah. looking. But and I, I I know that that's not I'm not alone because our comment section is just filled with people just hating on. Yeah, it. this one was hated yeah. on a lot. But yeah. I mean, the same thing goes for Lamborghini Urus. I mean, most people don't like it. Most people think it's ugly. I, I think it's ugly too. But most people, think, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like yeah, the Urus. I like this shape. But yeah. everyone that's driven it loves it. I mean, everyone says it's incredible to drive, and I think that that's it's the only Lambo that I would buy. Honestly. Really. That's funny. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I the money. To me, it just that. doesn't look Lamborghini enough. I mean, it's it's too based on an Audi. It's not. I don't know. It doesn't look Lamborghini enough. But I mean, everyone who's driven it loves it because it's so mm-hmm. ridiculously fast. It handles way better than an SUV should, and it's actually surprisingly fun. And I think that most people, like most enthusiasts, would drive it anyway because who cares that it looks so weird. Um, it's great mm-hmm. to drive. I think that's going to be the same thing with the XM. It's a really polarizing design, but if it's kick-ass to drive, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's going to be its saving grace. I think it's going to be the only thing that matters, truthfully, too. What you, what you could just be like the Cullinan. It could be like Rosario Cullinan. It doesn't really matter how it drives, you know. It's just a, it's just a status thing, Yeah, you know? I mean... That might be it. Might be people buying it just because it's the most expensive BMW, you know, maybe. and car that you can buy, and also because it's the most powerful... Not necessarily because they want to have a lot of fun with that car, you know, on yeah, the track. I mean, maybe, but status know? is interesting because at two hundred grand, you can get quite a few interesting SUVs. You can get a Bentley Bentayga for two hundred thousand dollars, and that has more status than a BMW. You can okay, but let me play the devil's advocate right. here. Yes, you're absolutely right, and I know where you're going with with this. But let me tell you, like, if you're if you're the type of guy that's got so much money, you know, and now you can afford a Bentley, you can afford a Rolls Royce, but you definitely want something from Colin from a, from BMW, then you will buy this car. And I can give you like an example. So you know, Michael Fuchs, you know, the guy that has a lot of Rolls Royces and this crazy car uh, collection. Yeah. He always buys BMWs. If you look at his, if you look at his car collection, he's always got a BMW. He had an M2. He had a bunch of yeah, other no, cars. Of and, and, and what I'm saying is, you know, he can buy any car in the world, probably, right? But he still wants to have a BMW in his collection. So I can see, you know, people like like that. You know, they say, okay, I want to have something for BMW that's really special. You know, how about you know, I'm gonna buy this. The same thing that he did with the M2. He got the M2, but he paid like I don't know over a hundred and something thousand dollars because he. He changed that M2 into like a special color, which nobody was allowed to do, and the interior was different. Right. Nobody was allowed to do, and BMW kept hoping. From what I heard, that he's gonna, you know, say, "Well, I don't want to pay that much for that," but he just kept on paying because he wanted something special. So, if you think about that, it's not like you have 200k and say, "Okay, I can only buy right. one car." Yes, there are a lot of people that say that. Okay, I only have 200k. I want to buy right. just one car. This is I'm gonna buy the Bentley or the right. Colin the XM is gonna be someone's but, tenth car. I know. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be the only car. It doesn't have to be the only car. And it's probably not going to be the only car because people that have a car collection, small, big, and all of that, they're fans of the brand and they want something, you know, different. Are they going to keep it forever? Probably not. But if they can have the first one or the first few ones and have some fun for a couple of years, 
I see people buying this. I, actually, I agree. It's not going to be a huge I think sell. Gonna, actually, I think BMW is going to sell every single one they make. I think it's going to be yeah. incredibly popular among the rich it's people. It's not going to be a huge it. seller. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think Johnny Lieberman. Of course, they make more sense. You know, Beverly Hills. It's going to. It, it, the only cars you see in Beverly Hills are Urises and and um, you know G wagons and exactly. stuff like that. Massive, Wagons the absurd Range SUVs. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's going to be yeah. popular there. It's going to be popular, like in Miami, like you said, and in. Um, you know, the Middle East. Think about somebody that wants a family car, right? So they live in L.A. and they got all these crazy nice cars, but they want a family car that's different than the X7, right? They say, well, the X7 sounds pretty good, right? It's different. It's special. So I I think those people don't care much about the design and all of that, and that they're not buying cars necessarily because they look great, just because they're, they're buying it because they can and because they're yeah. different. So I think that's kind of what they were going with the XM too. You know, that's, that's my opinion. That's what I got from them as well. So, um... Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be a failure at all, oh, and it's, it's going to be one of those interesting projects. Be because, yeah. you know, rich people oh. have proven time and time again that, uh, you know, whatever is expensive, they will buy. Taste has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it's necessarily taste, but people just want, if they have money, they want to buy something that's new, they will just buy yeah. it. I mean, even if it's good looking or I mean, not look good looking, it doesn't really matter look to them. The, it's a perfect yeah. example. I mean, the Urus is an absurd thing, but it's Lamborghini's best-selling car. So yeah, so see what I mean. So that's kind of people. I mean, if you look at the perspective of an enthusiast, yes, you're gonna hate all of these things, you know. But then again, you're still gonna be able to get the new M2, you know, next year, and you know, M5 is gonna be cool. It's gonna have the same engine. It's gonna be massive and powerful, and you can still buy some good cars if you want to X7 and all right. of that. So, but, I mean, I was in Miami. People. Just saw the car there. I mean, there was there were a lot of people around the car, and most of them seemed to like it. You know, they kind of fits that lifestyle there and all of that. So, um, as long as they have some cool cars coming on this year to celebrate the fiftieth birthday, and apparently they do, then I'm okay with that. You know, give us some cool M2s, right. the CSL M4, the M3 Touring, maybe some other big surprises that we don't know about. I, uh, then, then yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, good. I think the enthusiasts are going to be really upset just about the XM's existence because it's such a weird thing for BMW to make. But I think all would be mm. forgiven if the money they make from that they use to create the thing that's behind you on your screen. Uh, yeah, if, exactly. If I mean, anything cool like idea. that were to come out from BMW M, all yeah. would be forgiven. I mean, enthusiasts would yeah. uh, love that because I've seen that in person, and that is breathtaking. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's one car that I wish um, – I wish they didn't cancel. Honestly, I feel like it's such it was a gorgeous. Car, I mean, it was at Pebble Beach. It's and unbelievable. Like, it, it, it was yeah. BMW, but it stole the show. Like, still don't know why they in a world of that one. It's, you know, at Pebble Beach, with all the crazy concept cars and supercars, people yeah. were flocking to a BMW, and that was so weird. But it was, yeah. it's gorgeous. So beautiful. Yeah. And Vision Next, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, honestly, that's one of the best designs. Yeah, I know. For a long it's time. such a shame that it's canceled. Nothing and, it, and it's funny because it's got some of the M1 stuff in there that they talk about the XM having some of the right, M1 right. Like the, with the, the rear the logos yeah. exactly but uh, this one was like a so it was beautiful. such a shame Too that's bad. like hopefully they revive it one day maybe uh, they bring a new design I don't know but it's, it, it, even like it's all like three years old now yeah. and look at I that car I mean it looks like yeah it looks I fantastic. mean that would be like yeah, one I mean, of the best supercars in the world when, if it were to come out right now yeah, I mean, and it's funny. I, I wish they would have made it a, like electric. It, it was hybrid in that in, in right. that form, but I wish they made it all electric. Oh man, that would have it been would amazing. Be. But it's funny because yeah. in the same vein we were just talking about with the XM, like they're going to sell every single XM they make. If they were to make that, they'd sell every single one too. I'm, su- I'm surprised they can't yeah. find the the reason to sell to create it. Because I mean, you know, every supercar buyer yeah, in the world can get one of those things. Yeah. Oh, that car is amazing. Yeah, I I don't know why they cancel that one. I don't have an answer. I wish I knew. I gonna have to try to you know ask around and see why they like waterboard frank van meal and ask him why yeah (laughs) yeah i mean tell us the dirty secrets so anyway so yeah so that was the xm right so we'll see what happens so i think you know as a was a you know teaser from what i heard we will see the final production sometimes in spring i think by may yeah so it's going to be the one of the M festivals type of thing they will have this year. They'll have multiple M kind of festivals, right. uh, probably the Nurburgring, the Goodwood, and you know Pebble Beach and all these places. So I think uh, I think we'll see the XM sometimes, you know, in the spring, probably yeah, by so, May. Yeah, for sure, it'd be cool to see the production version and then see some other cool M stuff this year. So yeah, huge year for M. 
let's wait till the end. Let's see what they do. And then we can criticize them in December, <laughs> you know, 2022, if they came through or not. It's a little bit early. And I, and I feel their pain sometimes, too, because I, I know the guys there quite well. I mean, you know, Van Miel, too. And, and I can tell that they know a lot more than they can say, right? I mean, they probably know that there's some really cool M cars coming out in the next three, four, five years, right? right? And... You know, it, it's tough for them to kind of like smile and take this criticism knowing that, oh, wait till you see what I right, have, right? right. I mean, that's kind of one of those things, you know, like, oh, you don't know what I know. Right. So I can feel that in a lot of conversations with them, you know, I'm like, <laughs> sorry. I'm like, they're, they're just holding right. back. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, so uh, what's the next topic? You want to talk about CS? Yeah, you did a great story on the changing car, the changing oh, color. Yeah, I, uh yeah, also maybe you want to talk about that, but uh, as an intro, I, I think it's it's also like a video that did really well on our YouTube channel, oh, so definitely check it out. There are a couple of videos, actually, because people are fascinated about that tech. Unfortunately, we couldn't go on in person to see it, but we had somebody there to right. film it for us, and apparently it's super, super, super cool. So but Yeah, um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a cool what you thing. Think. It's a cool idea, and, and you know, I wrote that article of like all the, the interesting use cases for the tech, but even though I wrote it, it's really not... Like I, I shouldn't take credit for that because I drew a lot of my ideas off of the video with uh, Dr. Stella Clark, the woman who designed or who was the project lead on the whole thing. So mm -hmm. she talked a little bit about and like I think it's a BMW video, like they made it. She talked a little yeah, about, did, yeah. um, mm -hmm. you know, some of the use cases for it, like being able to find your car in a parking lot. You can if you flash all the colors for yeah. the key, you know, it'll, it'll show. And so I kind of just built off of a lot of those ideas and you know, like emergency for emergency things yeah. you know like if your car is broken down the side of the road you could you know flash for emergency signals in the, the whole car the whole the entire car would flash and it's a lot better than just your hazard lights right it's a bunch of it's a lot mm -hmm. more light or you know you could have like you know uh certain in case of certain emergencies you know you could have a flash like someone's injured it could flash certain things so you know you know emergency personnel know what to do um in that situation so it, it could be very useful um, I like, I did uh, his and her cars, you know, like people, I used my own, uh, example, which was like when my wife and I were buying a car, I wanted it in green and she wanted it in white. And so obviously it's white. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, this way couples could have both, you know, you could, it, yeah. it, at the moment, the tech only does two different colors. It just goes from one to the other. Um, apparently, yeah. uh, she said that the tech there there's more advanced versions of the tech that can do like four or five colors but they don't they can't apply it to the you know that wrap just yet but even yeah. just one or two you could have a couple say well i want yeah, my car cool. black and i want my car red and then you know when you drive it it's black and when you drive it it's red you know it works perfect yeah. um so there's some pretty cool ideas there yeah it's a cool and i idea. think that i don't know i mean if, if it's possible i don't see why not offer it i mean unless it's super expensive or super difficult to it is probably super expensive but i guess one day might get cheaper or maybe they're going to make limited runs where people with money can actually right, buy. Yeah, I mean, it would be an interesting option, like a very expensive option, you know. Um, another thing exactly. I think you have to look better too. I didn't see it in person, but even just in videos, it didn't. It doesn't look like paint. You know, you can tell it doesn't look like... Um, yeah, I can tell from the videos. It has like a... I don't know, it just seems... Maybe it's just the video that does it. It just kind of seems to not look, yeah. you know, as clear or as nice as yeah. paint does. You know, and like certain yeah. wraps, you can't tell at all. So... Um, yeah. Maybe if it starts to look really good, and the tech improves, yeah. but it was in a really, really impressive tech demonstration, and it stole the show. Yeah, I mean, approach. even if you if you look at like um, like tech websites like CNET or yeah. things like that, like yeah. it was one of the most popular things at CES of any any kind, like any tech. Mm. So yeah, let me just jump in right there for one second. So basically, I mean, this year they, they uh, the CES for BMW was supposed to be huge, right? And because of COVID restrictions and not restrictions, but worries, you know. Um, they cancel a lot of the media presence there, and a lot of their German experts and U.S. experts didn't really go there, which was a shame because the display that they put there, it was probably one of the best displays they've ever had at CS, if not the best. Apparently, they spent not just a lot of money, but a lot of man hours to, to, to come up with a display. And inside, you know, it's, like, amazing. If you look at our videos on our YouTube, we have, like, three, four different videos that show the experience there from, you know, this new my modes and... Apparently, you can actually feel those mind modes as you walk through these corridors. Like, you know, it, it gets colder right, right. and warmer based on the car's mind mode. And then you can listen to the iconic sounds by Hans Zimmer. So the whole display apparently was, like, really top-notch. But 
unfortunately their, their plans got really messed up a few days before and everybody has started to cancel this so they still kept it open for the public really and some media that was there but they didn't get enough attention they would have if all the media would have been right. there because a lot of the tech outlets didn't go a lot of the car outlets didn't go and, and that's why you know there's a lot of coverage there but it, w- it would have been probably a lot more right. coverage you know if uh, it would have been a full program which is a shame but um, those are the times so. yeah yeah, it is a shame um, because there was some really cool tech there because it wasn't just the e-ink. And, and what was the other use case? So before you jump that, what was the other use case that you, that you um, talked about? So you said, you know, his and hers. Yeah, emergency lights, there was something his with and her stuff. Emergency lights, yeah. Dealersh- cool. um, dealerships? Like it would be a, a good dealership, yeah, exactly. That's a good one. To, to kind of present the colors because I don't know, every time I've gone to a car dealership, they don't have every color and, and of the car I'm looking at and... And especially now, right? I mean, they have problems right. with inventory, right? So they're not like you can really, like before. You would walk in and you see maybe different models and cars, but now it's like most of the dealers are right. empty. Yeah, and they're not even demo cars. So, like you said in the article, it would be cool to they have you know one single model with with all the colors possible right. on it. You know, and yeah, that would be mean, cool. You just kind of flick through the um, you just kind of flick through them all and then see them in person because it's yeah. one thing to see it in a picture or on the computer, but it's a whole other thing to see it in person. The way that like sunlight reflects off of it, so. You know, exactly. If they had one in the showroom or out on, you know, they could bring it outside and, and flick through all the color options and show you, that would be really cool. Um, yeah. It would just. Yeah, that would have been, that's cool use. Yeah, it would help dealerships really because they wouldn't have to stock as much inventory for all the colors. You could just kind of have that one demo and then the customers could order whatever color they want. Um, but it would also help yeah. customers too. They could see exactly, you know, the color. It's an incentive for them to go to the dealer too, right? Because it's cool. Sometimes you don't want to go to the dealer, right? Yeah, you just look on, you know, like on the web to see photos and trying to figure out what it looked like. But it would be kind of cool to go there and see the actual yeah. demo. So honestly, I'm I'm hoping they're going to do this because that's the easiest use case, right? You don't have to certify it for road driving. You have to do anything. It's really just a demo oh, car. Right, right, yeah. It's a display, really. It's really just a display. You can have just a display and basically do that. Uh, and I like I think to me that would be the easiest one to do actually first, yeah. and uh, see what idea. it does. But I don't know how difficult it is to do a lot of colors, especially like you know very different colors. Yeah. But yeah, that's a cool one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. But it wasn't the only cool thing they had at CES. I mean, they like you you said um, they had the the my modes, the Hans Zimmer thing, and uh, yeah. but they, they also had the big screen, either screen, the giant yeah. uh, home theater eight K screen in the back seat of the car. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big one. So Kyle, um, who uh, filmed the video for us, uh, basically said that when he was inside, he was 100% sure that's the new 7 Series or the i7. Basically, everything screamed over 7 Series from the, you know, the C-pillar, you know, designed from the interior design, the space, uh, even the touchpad controls on the doors, you know, they, they definitely screamed over 7 Series. So he was I mean, 100% sure that's right? a 7 like Series. A big sedan. Yeah, and, and I asked BMW also... I had a um, I had a roundtable you know, over the internet, a streaming a roundtable with uh, Adrian Van Hoydong, the BMW head of design, and asked me that's a seven series, or if we're gonna see that in the new the theater screen in, in a new model very soon. He said yes, very very soon. It's near production. So clearly, um, yeah, clearly it's, that was a seven series. But aside from that, uh, if you look at those videos and what Kyle shared with us, uh, the screen is pretty impressive. It's yeah. an eight K screen. Uh, 31 inch it folds down so it'll be interesting to see how that goes with a uh, you know blocking the rear view mirror but not any any different than having a you know um, one of those vans construction yeah, vans yeah. where you don't have a so probably gonna have some cameras BMW to, could, yeah, to always help a rear with view camera, camera which yeah, i've exactly. used on sure they have different cars before and it works well, yeah. um i actually would never want to go back to a regular rear view mirror it's amazing if yeah. the camera quality is good it's it's, it's amazing exactly. So that would be something BMW so should do. So he said anyway. that the screen, he said that the screen is really of high quality. Like you, you're just immersed into that experience For there. Sure. It's really cool to just 8K you know lay back. Inches. Yeah. It's probably like exactly. the clearest screen anyone's ever seen at that size and, and Can resolution. I mean, 31 inches look huge on my desk. Like let alone yeah. inside a car. I mean, my know, computer monitor right now is 20, like three inches or something, and it's you know way bigger than mm-hmm. I need. 30, two, 31 mm-hmm. is huge. And yeah. the only downside that that they said, I mean, not they said, we asked uh, in that uh, roundtable was, you know, what kind of sound quality is there. So it's still 5.1. It's not Dolby Atmos or anything or, Dol- or, or Dolby Digital. It's so um, it's still got a 5.1. Yeah, the regular surround system. It's the car speakers, but, right? uh, 
Is it a car speakers? Yeah, but apparently it's got a lot of speakers from uh, from Bowers yeah. and Wilkins, and apparently it's a newer system and it's much better than what we have right now, which is yeah. I was really going to say anyone who's used BMW's new Bowers and Wilkins uh, speakers, they're yeah. incredible. So like, if it's even better yeah. than that, who cares if it's not Dolby? Yeah, and they're probably gonna they're probably in the headrest too yeah. and everywhere. So Carl said it sounded. And I'm really sure there's good, a headphone so. option too. Yeah. It's probably a way to plug in headphones. Yeah, probably. Yeah, whatever kind of you know, yeah. for sure. Fancy noise canceling headphones. For sure. So it was interesting to see that they took the chance to kind of, you know, bring this. I mean, not they took the chance. They it was all calculated. They knew that people are going to figure out it's a seven series, but they they dressed up the car in a in a box. I don't know if it's wooden. I was box actually just going to ask, how did he get was, into the car without seeing what it was? So it's in a box. Yeah. So if if you look like at the videos, yeah, it's like a like a rectangular box that surrounds the car. You can only see the wheels and the on the side windows, but once you go inside, you can tell. Yeah. It's I mean, a, what else is it going to be? Know, it's a giant BMW exactly, sedan. Yeah. There's only one option. Exactly. So, um, you know. Yeah, but it was cool because they didn't do this. I think somebody mentioned that Mercedes did a similar thing with the EQS. I, I haven't seen that. I didn't that. see that either. I don't know. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so that was cool. I can't wait to actually experience that. You yeah. know, um, maybe soon I'm going to film it. I'm going to go through the features. I'm wondering if it's probably the iDrive 8 still, oh. but I'm wondering if it's a newer version with something else. I also so, want to say kudos to BMW okay. for putting the screen in the back seat. Rather than being Tesla, I mean, oh, you can play video games from the front seat because yeah. that's smart. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't fly in all the countries. I think um, a lot of them don't let and you do that. Rightly so. As far as I know, yeah, watching a movie while driving is a pretty bad idea, but, you know, who knows? Safe at all, yeah. So, yeah, so that was the one that was a CES, and I think the IXM60 was there. We had a right, video on yeah. that, too, from my trip in Germany, and then also one from there, so... IXM60 is the top um, IX right. model coming to the US. Yeah, 610. What do you say? 1,000 newton meters yeah. and 610, yeah, six, whatever, 670. Yeah. And what was the price? About 100K, 102? Uh, it was 105. Yeah, 102, or I think. Something like that. Or 105. Yeah, just over yeah. 100. That's, that's, that, that's expensive. It is, but I don't think it's, yeah, I actually it's don't expensive. see it as expensive because, like, it's objectively a lot of money, but it's the exact same price as the yeah. X5M. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, so that was the idea when I, when we talked about the IX with them last year or two years ago. They said that they're going to try to price the IX similar to similar combustion engine X5 car. Yeah. So, like, you know, X5 M50, would we, it would be the IX, you know, Right, 50 and they are, 80-something yeah, for that. Yeah, the M60 will be the X5M. So, yeah, so ex exactly yeah. that. And that's just another option for customers, right? If you want a fast car, you don't want the combustion engine still, you can well, get this one. Well, I wrote about one. that, so too, actually, nice which to one to buy. IXM60 and IX. Uh, I mean, I would buy the one with the most uh, range. Honestly, I'm the type of guy that uh, appreciates well, efficiency over over power. I don't know if the X5M would have more range, right? In real, like the X5M with a gas range, because it's such a thirsty car and it's so heavy. I don't know. I didn't look at the. I mean, it would be a cool one to look at Actually, efficiency. You know, I think in the many, article I uh, did uh, break down like just I, I look at the 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 tank the fuel tank size and just did its average like mpg yeah. i think it was pretty pretty similar yeah. they're both around so, like yeah. just maybe around under 300 like 280 300 yeah. miles per tank mm -hmm. and per charge the only plus side of the x5m is you can fill up in five minutes rather than you know a half hour or whatever yeah i mean that's yeah that's always a thing with electric cars i guess yeah but they were i mean the one in major xm60 is faster uh all electric um yeah. Nicer interior. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Different exterior different though. Different exterior. Yeah. Different yeah. exterior. No, I don't hate the IX, there. but the X5M is definitely better looking. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's X five it's always been like the overall product lineup. It's really been a fantastic car ever since first generation. They've never really messed that one up, honestly. X three, X five, they've always nailed it. Yeah. I yeah. feel like they they never gone wrong with those. The first cars, X three so. wasn't a beauty, but it was pretty cool in its own funky little way. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was what's supposed to be at that time, I guess. Yeah, that no, was cool. I'd buy it one. It definitely got I'd nicer. Yeah, cool definitely cars. got better over yeah. time. But, but um, yeah, they never. Yeah, I mean, so. if it was my money, I think I would go IXM60 over the X5M just because I think it's the yeah. tech is cooler. I think the idea of having an all electric SUV that's faster than the X5M is cool. Um, and yeah. I think it kind of alleviate some of the uh, the guilt of having a ridiculously massive thirsty SUV in a time where our mm. you know planet's melting i think that's pretty pretty yeah. cool to be able to have the giant SUV that can fit the kids and stuff but also 
and, yeah. and have all the performance as well, but also you know kind of be green and whatnot. And it has a chance to exactly. handle just as well because you know it's yeah. it's on a bespoke chassis that's you know really stiff mm-hmm. and impressive. The bag, the center yeah. of gravity is very low, lower than the X5M, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I, I think based on the specs, it has the chance to be as as good to drive as the X5M. Will it? Uh, you know I don't know. Maybe not, but you know it's got the. Yeah, it makes me wonder potential. if the. Yeah. No, I was going to say just uh, before I lose my uh, train of thought, but I'm hoping that the same tech in the IXM60 ends up in the i5, the next i5, whatever they're going to call it. I don't even going to do an i5M50 or an M5 uh, or an i5M60. I'm hoping the M60 could all be a super oh, fast sedan, right? Tech? If like they the use. same powertrain? Yeah, the powertrain tech, yeah. Because I think the 7 Series, I, I see them doing an, an i7M60, not just M50. Right. But, um, you know, the i4 is an M50, so I'm thinking the i5 could yeah. go in either way, either well, I mean, an M50 or I an M60. I think whatever they badge it as, I think they'll give it the, the same powertrain as the IXM60. Yeah, yeah, for, for, only like for sure. Probably, uh, actually, yeah. They'll I mean, probably do the same thing. The battery pack. They'll probably do the same thing yeah, in which yeah. they, they'll make the i5, whatever the top spec i5 is, comparable to yeah. the M5, so the, you know, the internal combustion M5, just like mm. it is with yeah, this. You know, the, the IXM60 is the yeah. same as the... Uh, X5M yeah, in terms of power a, yeah, and performance. So they'll right. probably do the same thing with the i5 and uh, whatever they badge it, M50, M60, whatever. Um, I think it'll probably translate. But you're right. That would be, imagine this powertrain in a sedan. That would be awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, massive. Well, they did a power bath right. uh, prototype when I was in Germany yeah, a couple of years ago, three years ago. Yeah. It was Lucy, called Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was super fast. I didn't drive it, but it was uh, it was ridiculous yeah. fast. I didn't say which drivetrain he had, but it was. I remember fast, when so. that came out. There was like car and driver. Someone tested it and said it was like bonkers yeah, exactly. fast, yeah. like insanely fast. Yeah. So, so that's that. All right, so let's talk about um, non EV stuff, right? Maybe a lot of people that still want to hear engine sound. So tell me about the M two forty. Yeah, it's a great car. Um, Did you have the X drive or uh, the rear wheel drive? Yeah, I had the X drive. Okay. Um, and it was still on Michelin Pilot Sport, Michelin PS4s, despite being okay. freezing out. Um, cold. There are no winter tires on They there. didn't That's have winter cool. tires yet. I actually was talking to the guy. He was like, yeah. for some reason, they just couldn't get the winter tires in. Yeah. So I'm stuck with PS4s. But I was happy for that because it allowed me to like really feel what the car is like once you know they get warmed yeah. up. Um, sure. But it, it's a good car. It's a surprisingly good car to drive. Um you know, it, I think it's a big step up over the previous one, like a big step up, because that one, the, the previous M240i was okay, but it was just a little too numb, and it wasn't very fun. Um, this okay. one is a lot of fun to drive. The steering, it's probably the best driving non-M car BMW makes. I would actually, okay. I'm going to go out and say it's definitely the best driving non-M car BMW makes. Uh, the steering is sharp and, and really responsive. The chassis feels good. It's got a good balance, like ride quality balance. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. love that they, they nailed like the seating position, the sight lines. It's just a really, it's a, it's a really good car to drive. It's really, really fun. Um, I think it mm-hmm. looks a little weird, even in person. There's just some angles it looks cool and some angles it just looks awkward. Like not bad. It's just kind of awkward in some angles. Um, yeah. I love the color though. Thunder Knight Metallic is one of BMW's best yeah, colors one, yeah. in ages. It's great. Yeah, it's I had cool. so many people stop me and ask what color it was. Uh, even people yeah. who don't know anything about cars That's just cool. thought it was so cool looking because of the color. So I did a lot of the heavy yeah. lifting of how it looked. You know, a lot of why it looked so good was the color. Um, yeah. But my only criticism of it is I don't really know who buys it because if you want, so I'll. What's that? I'll tell you who. So I'll tell you my opinion before mm-hmm. you tell me yours. Because um, I just had a conversation with someone through the comment section on the blog actually the other day. And, I, and when, we, when you wrote that article that the M2 is only going to be a rear-wheel drive, and people said, well, we want the X-Drive. And I'm like, why? Because you're getting the M240i X-Drive, which is so good. It's, 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 it's just right. as good as the current M2 in any perspective. So if you really want an, you know, an X-Drive, why would you want to – you know, you know, damage like you know in quotes the new M2 by adding some more weight to it, when you could just buy the M240i and, and you're going to be just fine. So, I would say people that still want an X drive and they want to have like an all year round car and not worry about you know snow and all of that, they will go with the M240i X drive 
and people that still want to you know be a pure enthusiast or a pure customer they will buy the m2 with a rear wheel drive so i would say those are the type of people also i've i've learned in the past you know that when when i did my reviews that people don't really want a very stiff car as their as their daily driver so they've often complained that the m2 it's a fantastic car but it's just too stiff to drive every right. day or the m3 is too stiff to drive like every day so not everybody wants that you know crazy m2 car sometimes they just want a little bit like an m light version right. really and and to me that's who buys that car and based on what i know the current sales on the m240i they still been fantastic and and it's really a top selling model for them so uh, yeah, that's my take, but well, yeah, go no, ahead. Sorry, no, 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 there. that's actually, the, the all-wheel drive point is a good one. I mean, I wasn't even considering, like, I, I'm not even talking about the differences between the M240i and the M2 because they have a clear different customer bases. The M2 is stiff, it's loud, it's brash, yeah. it's uncomfortable to drive every day. The M240i isn't, you know, it it's actually has a really, really nice ride yeah. balance. Um, and I can definitely see why you would choose one over the other in terms of that. My only issue with the M240i yeah. with this one is that the back seat is no good um i'm yeah. not small or i'm not big i'm a pretty small person right i'm only like five nine 165 pounds yeah. at most um you know i'm skin i'm skinny i'm small and i and i like to sit close to the steering wheel you know i like to sit you know with my arms kind of bent still at the steering wheel I, I like to sit pretty close and even sitting behind myself i was really cramped like i could not sit back there so the only people that can sit back there are small children but most small children require car seats like child seats and i tested yeah. it with a child seat in there and the, if you were to sit in front of the child seat your knees would be touching the dashboard like it's it's not a practical car so the only but is that a general use case though I well mean, that's my point buying the car that's sort of my point yeah. though is i think that the the um the only people that are going to buy an m this m240i are like young maybe 30 something year old executives who just got that first promotion, you know, they're making good money. They can afford that sort of thing, yeah. but don't have any reason to put people in the back seat. Like that's just yeah, the exactly. only people that are going to buy it because, um, but at the same time, if you're not going to put people in the back seat, there are better sports cars for the money. So you have to want it as your daily driver because there are, and you, I think all wheel drive is going to be the kicker. But what's, what's in that? Okay. So you're saying there's some other, that's the that's actually the opposite of what I what I thought. What's there in that segment that's similar to the M two forty at that price point, the rear wheel drive bias and all of that? Well, like, all what's wheel there? drive what's is gonna the be option? The, the kicker there. Because if you're willing to get it rear wheel drive, there are you can get the Porsche yeah. the Porsche Cayman rather, is only two thousand dollars more. The okay. C eight Corvette is only like three or four thousand dollars more and it's a supercar, you know, with a mid engine V okay. eight. But those are all real-wheel right. drive. So that's right? what I'm saying. I think all-wheel drive is going yeah. to be the kicker there. If you need all-wheel drive or just really, really want all-wheel drive in your daily sports car, um, then I think the M240i is a great car. But it's not as good of a driver's car as either the Porsche Cayman or the Corvette for the money. Yeah. So it was a little tricky to me because I'm, I'm driving it like it's good. It's, it's really fun. But if I wanted it like as a second sports car, it wouldn't be my choice. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're the type yeah. of young person who doesn't have a family and you want to dr daily drive a sports car and need all-wheel drive, but also kind of need the practicality of like a back seat, it's a great choice. Yeah. It's a great choice. But then yeah. there's the Audi RS3, which has four doors and is also just as fast. And so there's, there's yeah, but sort that's of slicing niches there, and it's it's a little. Uh, now you got two doors, four doors. Not everybody wants a. You know what I mean? They still want a coupe right. kind right. of I'm just saying for like, car, the, if so. someone needs a little more practicality. I would say the Cayman is the closest competitor that I see. Corvette is too different to be a direct competitor. I mean, I see it as, you know, it's in that price point segment, but I think the Europe, right, the, the Porsche Cayman the, the, will the be Cayman the... The Cayman is the... Uh, Porsche, not, not the Cayman, the, sorry. The, no, the uh, Cayman, you're right. Yeah, the, yeah, the Cayman. Cayman, yeah. So sorry. the, the Cayman will be is, the one, you know, the it's a far better sports car. It is. The only downside of the Cayman is that you can't buy those any, anyway now. <laughs> I don't think you can buy them this, these days. Maybe, yeah. Out, I don't know I what Porsche's, uh, yeah. their, their whole you yeah. know, availability is. But, yeah, but good cars. you know, the Cayman is the downsides. The two downsides are, you know, it's rear-wheel drive only and it doesn't have a back seat. But in terms of cargo space, yeah. like trunk space, it's just as practical because it has two trunks. Um, yeah. And, True. you know. Yeah, so that's the thing. So I guess that, that's so when I said it, it's kind of unique in the segment. There are, there are a few things that I think all differentiates the, the M240. 
forty. That's the biggest yeah. one. That one, yeah. The, and yeah. you'd be so, you'd be nuts to yeah. not get it all-wheel drive because you cannot tell the difference. I mean, you just can't. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking for track performance in comparison, clearly you're probably going to be better off with the other two options. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't well, driven it really back to back, so I can't really. I'm just assuming guys, here. So I, don't, I, I think it would actually launch it. I'm just assuming. I, don't, I, I mean, I drove the M240i like on the track, and it was fantastically fast, but I haven't driven the Cayman nor the Corvette to kind of compare them directly, so I can't really speak to that. But um, I think, you know, the people that buy the M240i are not going to be a track car, most like the M2 it, it will be. So... To me, it's interesting because I actually like the fact that they're still offering a car like that. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. Right, and it's, it's and, and I and I did like the the two thirty i even more than the M two forty i because it was more analog. You know, it was still, it, it's a four cylinder, it's, so it's not as fast, doesn't stuff, sound yeah. as good, but it's lighter, it's more analog. It's kind of like that old school, you know, kind of BMW feel. And to me, that was a, that's a great buy. Honestly, I don't think there's anything like the two thirty i, especially with the price point and all of that. Yeah, that segment. So that's a that's a fantastic buy. That's I'm, a good you know. point too. The two thirty i is going to be an interesting car because I love that little four cylinder engine. I think it's great engine. Yeah. It doesn't sound great, four but it, it's just it has so much power for such a small engine, and it's really efficient. And um, you can get it in cheap yeah. cars, like not cheap, but you know what I mean, like much cheaper yeah. you know, versions. And I think the two thirty i is going to be a really great little sweet spot. Um, Especially yeah. because, like you said, there is nothing you can get at around that price point. Like all of its competitors, exactly. you know, I guess you could say the Mercedes um, A Class, the Audi A3, they're all little A-class, sedans. Yeah. They're not sports coupes. They're front wheel drive based. Um, you know, it's going to be going up yeah. against hot hatches and stuff like that. And so it, it offers a really unique um, experience in that space. And, you know, I think that it should be the driver's choice in that space unless you want to, you know, start adding in like mustangs and stuff which i don't know if they really compare but um i think it's a really unique space the it's affordable i i i think it starts in like low yeah. 40s uh, upper th- yeah. 30s maybe i remember so it's fairly affordable right i mean if you want to have a really nice sports car and you want to get your feet wet into the bmw world i think that's yeah. the that's the way to do it. That's kind of what I. That's kind of how I ended my review, actually saying that you know this is your segue into the BMW world. This is the car that you should buy if you want to get into the BMW brand and products and all that to see what they're all about. And, and um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, manual. The thing I I do wish though that BMW were to offer like an even more budget version of the 230i like strip out some of the interior luxuries maybe give it some like sporty cloth seat and stuff like that i know the u.s market would never buy that but maybe in europe or something um like the 120i the 128 right, right. ti more like that for, yeah, it'll be cool because like a, bmw really pushed TI. i mean they didn't they were really heavy-handed with the uh 2002 references when the two series came out they're like this yeah. is a the mm. rebirth of the bmw 2002 the headlights are similar the styling is similar. Yeah. You know, they were really heavy-handed with that. And the thing with the 2002 was it was fairly affordable at the time. And it offered this yeah. really great premium sports car experience. Um, and I think that the 230i probably does that better than the M240i. And I haven't driven the yeah, 230i. I agree. Just, just to make that clear, I haven't driven it yet. But just having... Yeah, yeah no, you're, I think yeah, you Just like having it. an experience of driving the M240i and using that engine in so many other cars, I do think I would like it. And I do think that yeah. that's probably, I think you're right, that's probably the better buy of the two. Um, yeah. And I think most of the reviews on the, M2 free, on the M240i were they are good. Yeah. I haven't seen most any negative like reviews. I mean, honestly, everybody picks on the design because that's kind of the only thing that you can pick on. And honestly, I do the same thing. When I, when I, review, when I review cars, I try to find some, you know, well, cons job. as well. And I try to look... Yeah, and I tried to look for the for some in the M240i, and I couldn't really find any other than okay, maybe I don't like the styling as much as I, you know, uh, thought I would, or maybe that. But driving experience, I think they nailed it. I don't even know how they can. I mean, this is an article actually that I that I was thinking about that we should write is like, how much can you still improve cars? Like some of the cars today are so yeah. good. Like what else can you do to them? Like if you're looking at the you know M2 and M240i, like what else yeah. can you do? Okay, customers, you know, uh, preferences change. So maybe now they want a stiffer car than the previous generation, or maybe they want to go even softer. That's one thing you can change. But other than that, they just nail the engine, nail the transmission. It's perfect. The, you know, efficiency is really good. I mean, tra- the suspension is so good. Like, what else can you do? Like, it, it's getting harder and harder to differentiate in between generations. And this car honestly nailed everything when it comes to the driving experience. 
uh, and of course we always go back like you know journalists and enthusiasts and say well you know the mechanical steering feel was so much better in that car well yeah but that's like 20 years ago I don't know maybe less but it doesn't apply today anymore those times are gone so it's not fair to always compare to that but for what the car needs to be today I think they from engineering perspective they have nailed it yeah. uh, I agree really it's well. tough to improve on the M4, M240i realistically um, because it does there's nothing it does poorly at all um, yeah. you know it's so fast it's so fast yeah. it is uh, you know it handles really really well the chassis balance is great yeah. I mean I think the steering is still too numb and I know that that's a common thing common but I think they, they want it that way I don't think it's a it's, it's not a, incompetence it's intentional I, but yeah exactly that's what I was going to say right there it's yeah it's intentional I that's know and, and I just, it's disappointing it's not like I, you can't I, I do totally it. understand it's it. Like, <laughs> like I completely understand BMW's perspective. Like people think that BMW, like BMW in the engineers, don't have the the capacity or the or or, or the smarts to do, to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do, you know, I mean, it, it, it's not rocket it's science. It's definitely probably, not incompetence. Right? It's absolutely intentional, but that's still disappointing. Yeah. Like I can understand it and still not have to like it, and that's kind of how I'm at mm. with that. And that's just and that's not the M240's yeah. fault. That's every modern BMW because BMW customers have become. Yeah more mainstream and they want more luxury than they do the old school like hydraulic they want a Swiss and they want a Swiss army knife right, right? that's kind of what a lot of customers want it, these days right it that's is this, it, like I actually daily drive an E46 now so yeah. it's funny to get back into that the, the gold what's considered the gold standard of sports sedans and it is like wow yeah. the steering is, is better it is better in this it is yeah. as good as we remember but so that part is slightly disappointing but that is again a preference thing and it's not incompetence it's intentional it's how they do that because that's what their customers want so i don't know if it's something that i can complain about exactly especially because the steering response and the accuracy is so good um you know it does exactly what you ask it to do um and when you ask it to do it you know it's not sloppy it's just a little numb uh that's really the only minor criticism i have that and it looks a little weird. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So that kind of leads us to the last subject since we talked about the car and the engine. You did a great article and then also did a video on this why the B58 might be the best BMW engine ever made, of course. Yeah. There are people that disagree with us, but I would say majority of the people, if not a, huge, a high percentage, they agree with us. And actually, if you look at the YouTube video on that, I encourage you to do so. It actually, the, the comment section, it's fantastic because people really, really debate on this and the Facebook page too. And um, I would say I I agree with you. You know, the B58, it's a fantastic engine, but I kind of want to hear from you. Why do you think that's well, the I'm case? Well, I know I'm going to get flack for this because people are going to point to things like the McLaren F1 engine and they're going to point to yeah. the original M1 engine and they're going to point to, you know, the E46 engine, the E92 M3 engine, things like that is, you know, the all-time best. But uh, I really think the, BM- the B58 is BMW's best engine ever. And I know that's a bold statement because BMW has been making am- amazing engines for so long. But I don't yeah. think that there's ever been – like, I let me get this – let me say this first. I think there are engines that are better to use than the B58 that BMW's made. Like the E92 M3 V8, the S85 mm-hmm. V10 from the E60 M5 – um, you know, probably the M1s three and a half liter straight six. Those engines are probably nicer to use and more enjoyable and more exciting. Yeah. But BMW, I don't think they've ever made an engine that is a so powerful, like so impressive in terms of its performance. B so smooth because mm-hmm. it's so silky smooth, and C affordable. Yeah. It can go in everything, and not only can it be put in like even cheap cheap cars you know like affordable sports cars like the m240i the m340i you know in the regular sports sedans but it can be used in so many different applications like you can use it as a performance engine in the m240i you can use it as uh you know like a regular bmw engine like say like the x5 uh x-drive 40i mm-hmm. right like it's, it's yeah. perfect in that as a great luxurious engine 740 and then you can use it in the 745e and make it a hybrid and it works perfectly as you know as a hybrid so it's it's breadth of ability um breadth of ability it's um you know it's smoothness it's power it's usability and it's affordability i don't think there's ever been a bmw engine that combined all those attributes so well i mean there's just and it's pretty efficient too for a six-cylinder engine 
Like yeah. there's just nothing it does poorly. And then there's also the little things that make life nicer when you use it. Um, like it's thermal management's incredible. So it heats up really quickly. Um, when you start it in the morning, even on a cold day, it heats up really quickly. So it, yeah. you know, the car warms up quickly. You can use it more quickly. It heats up the, the you know, the in the cabin uh, more quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it stays warm for longer. So like if you turn it off, um, you know, you, you come home, you turn it off, even on a cold day. If you come back to it, you know, even in a, you know an hour or so, it's still pretty warm. Like it doesn't get cold super quick. So that helps with efficiency mm-hmm. and that helps warm up the cabin quick uh, quicker. It's just there's so many things about it, these little ingenious things about it that make it just so impressive in every single way. There's just nothing it does that's even kind of like mediocre. It's just so good at everything. Yeah. I don't think there's been a BMW engine better ever, like in terms of all of that, when you combine all those things. Yeah. No, I agree. I think you nailed it. I mean, if you were to, uh, and I think that's why we, we talked about it before and that's why we kind of picked it as the best engine because it's, it's very versatile and on top of the fact that it's, you know, high performance and all of that. But, um, yeah, and I don't know about the reliability. I mean, there's some people that yeah, are talking about some things that really might, judge you know, it. Yeah, exactly. I have to be, you know, to go uh, put through the test of time probably to see how it does. But for now, it's a, it's definitely a good engine. It's a good successor to the N55 for sure. Right. And um, apparently there is also a an upgraded version that's coming out next next year bmw does this facelift with the end with the yeah. engines too it's called a tu right right uh tuv i guess uh, technical upgrade i guess that'll be the the description and they do this also with engines and every single one that they've done like in the past it was better than the previous one so i'm kind of curious to see you know what they've improved on it when it comes out maybe even more power i don't know we'll see but um yeah, that engine is here to stay for for quite a few more years for sure, and it's probably going to be used in more hybrids and yeah. everything else. Yeah, for sure. And and so, I think uh, that's another thing. The basis of it, it can turn into so many things. Like you can upgrade it a little bit and make it yeah. so much better, but also you can make an M engine out of it. Yeah. So the S58 is based off yeah. of the V58, and that engine's incredible. You know, so I think that exactly. um, it just serve. It's it's just so well rounded. I don't think there's ever been a BMW engine Green. that's been as well rounded. Um, and that's coming from a you know guy who's all about old school naturally aspirated stuff, but it's just so good, it's impossible to fault. There's just nothing wrong with it, you know. So I know that the, the BMW purists will hate me for saying that a new, modern turbocharged, even mild hybrid in some cases, uh, engine could be the best of all time. But I really think it is the best they've ever done. Yeah. All right, so let me end with this. I always try to tease a few things uh, like at the end. So if you if you stuck around till now, you know, congratulations, <laughs> you know, listening or watching us. But um, I guess a few things are going to happen in the near future. There will be um, they, they, they turn out 24 hours. We'll try to go down there and get some, some coverage if, you know, COVID situation kind of settles down or right. slows down. Um, they have the M4 GT3 uh, there. So there will be that will be the official kind of rollout. Right of the BMW M4 GT3, so that's kind of exciting. Um, and then um, I think this month we'll also see the A-Series facelift, so we'll right. get the images uh, probably um, this year, uh, this this month. Uh, I don't think it will be a huge upgrade, uh, especially to the exterior based on the spy photos that I've seen. It seems to be a very mild upgrade, but we'll see when they come out. And um, hopefully soon we'll, we'll get to see the X7 facelift. That's probably going to come out before the, the 7 series, which should be in the next few months as well. For the European listeners, I think they will get uh, sometimes next month uh, the um, some driving reports on the active tour. Might not be exciting for the U.S. you know people, but uh, it's kind of the car is quite it popular is, yeah. in Europe, so. Um, They've, they've improved upon the fourth generation design-wise and especially, you know, uh, performance-wise. So um, interesting to see how that car handles. But, yeah, that's kind of um, – and other than that, there will be a lot of cars this year. So there will be a lot of things that we will see, three-series facelift. We'll see the probably towards the end of the year uh, uh, a glimpse of the five-series, which comes out next year. We'll see a bunch of M cars, M4 CSL, M2, M3 Touring. Uh, next Sam, maybe some other surprises. So I think it will be a super busy year with uh, car launches and unveils. Yeah, sure. And hopefully we get a chance to go to some of them and see them. Uh, the racing, you know, programs are starting to to ramp up as well. So we'll see a lot of that too. So um, yeah, 
should be a should be a good year if you're a fan of the BMW group brands, not just BMW, but also Rolls Royce, custom stuff, and Mini, right. all of that. So the next few years and this year will be quite exciting. Should be. Should be. Um, so with that being said, always you know appreciate the support. Um, if you're on YouTube watching us, please make sure you subscribe. We're delivering a lot of videos lately, yeah. uh, a lot of good ones too. Uh, if you're listening to this, please make sure you subscribe to this on any other platform that you're listening to. Uh, we're on pretty much mm-hmm. all of them, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, you name it. So, um, all the other ones, yeah. Exactly. And if you do have any suggestions for us, feedback, you can always reach us out at, you know, podcast at bmwblog.com or nico at bmwblog.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to bring some guests into the next session. A few people that we talked that we're currently trying to get on. So hopefully that's gonna that's yep. gonna work out. Fortunately, it's still a remote situation with most of the people, so we don't have the chance to get together in a studio. But you know, in the future, maybe that will change as well. Yeah. 